Good morning, church. My message for today is on He receives sinners but refuses those who think they are right. Let's go to the book of Matthew, chapter 9, verses 12 to 13. And it says, When Jesus heard this, he said, Healthy people don't need a doctor, but sick people do. Then he added, Now go and learn the meaning of this scripture. I want you to show mercy, not offer sacrifices. For I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners. One of the most dangerous teachings in the church today is a gospel that fails to confront individuals with the reality of the sins. It results in churches having members who claim to be born again, but live like pagans. Multitudes declare that they trust Christ as Savior while indulging in lifestyles that are plainly inconsistent with God's word, yet no one dares to challenge their testimony. This happens when we believe that salvation is only the granting of eternal life, but not necessary the liberation of a sinner from the bondage of his sins. We tell people that God loves them and has a wonderful plan for their lives, but that is only half the truth. In 1 Timothy chapter 1 verse 15, Paul wrote, Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. It is appropriate then that when Matthew relates his own conversion experience, the central truth that emerges is Christ's mercy to sinners. Let's read Matthew chapter 9, verse 9 to 13 to get the context. In Matthew chapter 9, verse 9, it says, As Matthew was walking along, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at his tax collector's booth. Follow me and be my disciple, Jesus said to him. So Matthew got up and followed him. Luke chapter 5 verse 28 adds a significant statement. He left everything and followed him. Matthew forsook all to follow Jesus. Matthew paid a great price, a higher price than any of the other disciples. A fisherman who followed Jesus could go back to fishing, but a tax collector who left his station was finished because the next day Rome would have someone else to take his place. Matthew was a major sinner and everyone knew it. The Jews considered Matthew a traitor because he was employed by Rome to squeeze the tax money out of his own people. You can imagine the gasp from the crowd when Jesus stopped before Matthew and said, follow me. They could have thought, is Jesus insane to call Matthew to follow him? Matthew was a man under conviction. Deep down in his heart, he must have longed to be free from his life of sin and that is why he ran to join Christ. He knew what he was being recruited for. He had counted the cost and was prepared to follow Jesus. Now Matthew chapter 9 verse 10 11 to 11 sets the scene. 
Later, Matthew invited Jesus and his disciples to come to his home as dinner guests, along with many tax collectors and other disreputable sinners. But when the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, Why does your teacher eat with such scum? Now Matthew decided to have a banquet to introduce Jesus to his friends. Like most new believers, he wanted to bring everyone he knew to Christ. His friends were thieves, blasphemers, corn artists, swindlers, and prostitutes. This was so scandalous to the self-righteous, to the self-righteous Pharisees that they could hardly conceal their shock. The Anglican preacher J.C. Riley wrote this about Matthew chapter 9, verse 10. It is far more important than being married or coming of age or being made a nobleman or receiving a great fortune. It is the birth of an immortal soul. It is the rescue of a sinner from hell. It is a passage from death to life. It has been made a king and priest forevermore. It has been provided for both in time and eternity. It is adoption into the noblest and richest of all families, the family of God. Coming to know Christ is a great reason to party. Yeah! Let me give you an illustration on Matthew chapter 9, verse 11. In 19th century England, there was a poor woman who attended a church woman's meeting. She had been living with a man of another race, by which she had a baby, and she brought a child with her. She liked the meeting and came back again and again. But the vicar came to her and said, I must ask you not to come to this meeting again. Seeing a questioning look, he continued, the other, woman, the other woman say that they will stop coming if you continue to come. Looking at, at him in poignant wistful, wistfulness, she asked, Sir, I know that I'm a sinner, but isn't there any way a sinner can go? Fortunately, the Salvation Army found her, and she was claimed for Christ. The, that church in England resembled the Pharisees. In Matthew chapter 9, verse 12 to 13, he says, When Jesus heard this, he said, Healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. Then he added, Now go and learn the meaning of this scripture. I want you to show mercy, not offer sacrifices. For I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners. Self-righteousness is no respecter of persons. Hear these words from the Anglican preacher J.C. Riley. Oh, be, let us beware of self-righteousness. Open sin kills thousands of souls. Self-righteousness kills tens of thousands. Go and study humility with the great apostle of the Gentiles. Go and sit with Paul at the foot of the cross. Give up your secret pride. Cast away your vain ideas of your own goodness. Be thankful if you have any grace, but never glory in it for a moment. Work for God and Christ with heart and soul 
and mind and strength. But never dream for a second of placing confidence in any of your own work. Jesus' answer is a powerful threefold argument. First appealing to human experience, then arguing from scripture, and finally resting on his own divine authority. Let's look at Jesus' appeal. Jesus' appeal to experience compares sinners to sick people who need a doctor. Likewise, sinners need a forgiver. It was a rebuke to the hard-heartedness of the Pharisees. Jesus said to them, If you are so sensitive as to diagnose them as sinners, what are you going to do about it? Or are you doctors who give diagnosis but no cure? It's like a doctor saying, You're sick. Go away and come back when you're better. He exposed the Pharisees as religious critics who freely defined others as sinners but having no sympathy to their plight. Let's look at Jesus' Jesus's argument. Jesus' argument from Scripture shook the Pharisees' pride. He says in verse 13, Go and learn. This phrase was used in the rabbinic writings to reprove students who were ignorant about something they should have known. It was like saying, go back to the books and come back when you got the basic information. God is far more concerned with compassion, mercy and loving kindness than ritual ceremony. In Micah chapter 6 verse 8, it says, And what does the Lord require of you but to do justice, to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God? And finally, let's look at Jesus' divine authority. Jesus spoke with authority to the Pharisees. For I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners. Luke chapter 5 verse 32 adds the words, a need to repent. Luke chapter 18 verse 9 describes the Pharisees as certain ones who trusted in themselves as righteous and viewed others with contempt. Here, in essence, Jesus is saying to them, You say you are righteous and I accept that as your self-evaluation. But if that is the case, I have nothing to say to you, for I have come to call sinners to repentance. The Greek word for call is kelio. It is a word used for inviting guests into one's home. Such an invitation is found in the parable in Matthew chapter 22, verse 1 to 14. Here Jesus pictured his kingdom as a banquet. A king sent invitations calling all his friends to the wedding banquet for his son. But everyone who was invited refused to come. So the king told his servants, to invite anyone they could find. That this parable fits perfectly with Jesus' words to the Pharisees. These religious, cold-hearted and self-righteous Pharisees were like those who refused to come to the banquet. They would not acknowledge their sins, so they would not respond to Jesus' call. 
This is the theme of the gospel. Jesus came to call sinners to repentance. From the beginning of Jesus' ministry, the heart of his message was a call to repentance. In fact, when our Lord first began to preach, the opening word of his message in Matthew chapter 4 verse 17 was repent. It was also the first word of John the Baptist in Matthew chapter 3 verse 2. So what does it mean to repent? The purpose or goal of repentance is to, is to be able to embrace the reality of life in the kingdom of God. Being repentant foundationally means to change the way we think. Repentance involves changing the way we think about God, about ourselves, and about others. Here is a quote from Max Lucado. If our greatest need had been information, God would have sent an educator. If our greatest need had been technology, God would have sent us a scientist. If our greatest need had been money, God would have sent us an economist. But since our greatest need was forgiveness, God sent us a savior. Wow, amazing. Let me summarize. One, Jesus came to call sinners and not those who think they are righteous. Two, we need to convince believers and unbelievers of the sin and to repent. Three, those that think they are righteous and need to repent and to follow the calling of Jesus Christ, as Romans 3, chapter 3 verse 10 says, no one is righteous, not even one. Four, we need to associate with unbelievers and those who are committing sin so as to win them over to Jesus. Five, we as believers should know that if we have any sins that are hard to overcome, we need to repent and confess to Jesus so that he can help us in overcoming it. So let me conclude. The irony of the situation is that the Pharisees desperately needed Jesus as well. They were just as bad as the tax collectors and the sinners, but they did not know it. So who are the Pharisees today? They are the ones who believe that they do faith life better than others. They are quick to criticize and judge others. We have all done it. None of us is perfect as Romans chapter 3 verse 23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Thank God we have responded to the call of our Lord Jesus and have seen the sins that we have committed and have repented. I confess that I still have sins in me, but I trust in Jesus that he will help me to overcome it. Morton T. Kelsey was an Episcopal bishop who said, the church is not a museum for saints, but a hospital for sinners. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 says, He has created us anew in Christ Jesus, so we can do the things he planned for us long ago. No matter how scarred and ugly a sinner's life may be, Christ can make it into something beautiful for God. He has devoted his life to it. Dear Church, 
Just as Jesus changed Matthew, he can change us. He can give all of us a new life. He's still calling sinners and we should be calling sinners to him as well. Matthew did not hold anything back and we must have that same sort of devotion when following Jesus. Sometimes we are tempted to follow Jesus but not give him everything. Perhaps we want to hold on to certain relationships, possessions and certain habits. Don't hold back anything. Be whole when it comes to following Jesus. Amen.